You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 109. And this is part three, the final episode of Side Hustle Week. Today, we're talking with Chris Gillibo. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, and this is part three of Side Hustle Week. We are going to have an amazing conversation with Chris Gillibo. Amongst many other things, some of the subjects we're going to touch on today are getting paid to travel, discontent, and how it's important to have a little bit of discontent in your life and your daily activities. You don't have to quit your job to earn an additional income. In fact, in many cases, it's not suggested. Chris shares not one, but two of his many kick-in-the-gut moments and talks a little bit about how he got to where he's at today. And, of course, he's going to share a couple amazing side hustles that you might want to think about. And then, of course, you can get many more stories like that from chris's podcast at side hustle school podcast just look it up on any one of your podcast players or go to sidehustleschool.com and if that's not enough for you make sure you go back and listen to part one with peter alwood now that wasn't really a side hustle conversation as much as it was a slow hustle meaning anything that you do in life peter has the concept and i as well that you don't have to have this hustle, 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 neglecting certain things in your life and just really kind of killing yourself to get to where you want to be. And I'm going to talk more about this at the end of this show. So definitely stick around because I'm really going to get into a conversation that I had online with a couple other folks in reference to really working your ass off 12 to 15 hour days for five years and kind of getting ahead. I don't subscribe to that idea and I'm going to tell you why at the end of the show. And then during part two of Side Hustle Week, I reposted a conversation that I had with Nick Loper of Side Hustle Nation. And in that conversation, we really dug deep into some other side hustles. And we go even deeper if you go to SideHustleNation.com. He's got a laundry list of amazing side hustles that are already vetted that other people are very successful at. They all already have proof of concept, so you don't have to worry about that. You'll be able to just go pick up where that's at, and you might even be able to contact those individuals that can help you along in getting that side hustle started in your area. All right, let me introduce you to Chris real quick. Chris Gillibo is a New York Times bestselling author and a modern-day explorer. During a lifetime of self-employment that included a four-year commitment as a volunteer executive in West Africa, he visited every country in the world before his 35th birthday. That's 193 countries in total. Since then, he has modeled the proven definition of an entrepreneur, someone who will work 24 hours a day for themselves to avoid working one hour a day for someone else. Chris's first book, The Art of Nonconformity, was translated into more than 20 languages. His second book, The $100 Startup, was a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, selling more than 500,000 copies worldwide. His third book, The Happiness of Pursuit, was published in September 2014 and was also a New York Times bestseller. His fourth book, Born for This, 
will help you find the work you were meant to do. And now he's got a latest book out called Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. And something else to think about, every summer in Portland, Oregon, Chris hosts the World Domination Summit, a gathering of creative, remarkable people with thousands in attendance. Chris is also the founder of Pioneer Nation, Unconventional Guides, The Travel Hacking Cartel, and numerous other projects. Men of Abundance, it is my distinct honor to introduce you to Mr. Chris Gillibo. Chris, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? Wally, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, man. Man, it's my pleasure. It's been a long time coming. Ever since I first heard of you, um, and I honestly cannot remember if it was on, who knows, EO Fire, Pat, one of Pat mm-hmm. Flynn's podcasts or something like that, I immediately went out and purchased your book. Well, actually, I bought the digital version of uh, $100 Startup. And That's awesome. I just, one of the things that really intrigued me about you was the travel, which we're going to get into and all the other things that you've done while you were traveling and all that stuff. So I just love that part. Where are you at in the world today? You know, I'm actually at home. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm getting ready to go out. Uh, I'm going to Hong Kong and Indonesia this coming week. Uh, But at the moment, I'm just a little homebody in Oregon. (laughs) Homebody. That's funny coming from you, actually. Um, And uh, guys, you'll understand what I'm talking about here in just a minute. So Chris, before we get too much into the show, I really like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, just like I do every single morning, and many of us do. So what do you have to be grateful for today? Man, i got so much to be grateful for. I, um, I have a good life. So big picture, I'm grateful to my community. They're just amazing group of folks, uh, podcast listeners, blog readers, book readers. They're awesome. Uh, in particular, maybe one specific moment, I just heard from someone today uh, who you know connected with my work in some fashion, and obviously she did all the work. It wasn't me, but through some combination of events, uh, she was able to, to quit her job and go and do some traveling for about a year. And I just think that's awesome because uh, my whole goal is to be a catalyst for that and just kind of inspire or support people along the way. And I know, like I said, that she does all the work or anybody who does something like that, they do all the work, but I'm glad that I can support it in some way. So I'm grateful. Yeah, absolutely. You are definitely the catalyst for many people uh, to get started on this whole side hustle bit. And I just talk to my guys all the time about the importance of having a side hustle. And that's literally mm-hmm. on your website at chrisgillibo.com. You need a side hustle. Why do you think that is? You know, um, it's really interesting because I just told that story about somebody who quit their job. But I think uh, over the past couple of years, I've just become more more aware of the fact that, you know, a lot of people can't quit their jobs for whatever reason. A lot of people like their jobs, like they want to be part of a company or an organization, and that's great. Uh, but even so, I think, you know, even if you don't want to quit your job, most people want more than one source of income. And that's what a side hustle is all about. I mean, that's what it brings you. It brings you not only the extra money, but also the security that comes from getting money outside of your paycheck, the possible backup plan. And just just a creative process or the idea to do something different from what you do for your for your work. And so I see it as kind of like an all upside, no downside situation. Uh, I always encourage people to not take a lot of risk. Don't borrow money. Don't spend a lot of money. Just start something and see see where it goes. And that's why I think like there's there's nothing bad about it. Like there's only good only good things can come from starting a side hustle. Yeah, for so many so many reasons. I'm one of those people that I have a great job. I love what I do. Mm. Um, it's it, you know when I retired from the military, I'm actually back doing exactly what I was doing when I retired. Uh, and serving mm. soldiers and, and doing what I do at a, at a um, medical, army medical center. But I always That's have awesome. a side hustle. Yeah, thanks. I always have a, yeah. a side hustle. I've got 
about I've got five sources of income coming in right now. They're not huge on the other side, but it's allowing me to live on the beach in Hawaii. You know, and that's pretty good. Yeah, it's <laughs> I think great. that's great. It is. It's absolutely wonderful. And that, but on a on a harsher note, I think it's great to have a side hustle also because you never know what's going to happen either to yep. your health, to the health of a family member, or even to your job. That's going to force right. you to either put more effort into your side hustle or go down to the unemployment office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's totally true. It's an imperative, uh, maybe especially for, for younger people who are realizing this, like they went to school, they got into all this debt, and that now they're learning there's not like loyalty to a company, uh, you know, the way that it used to be, or at least the way that some people imagined that it was. Um, but really for people of all ages, you know, there, there's all sorts of good reasons, as you said, um, to be looking out for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, you know, I talked a little bit before I got on the line here with Chris about what he's been doing. And, you know, I just I've been listening to his podcast. I've got his one of his books. I've got another one on the way. And I just dig everything this guy's doing professionally. But Chris, here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you could sure get a little bit more personal with us. We know you're from Oregon, in Oregon, but um Sure. sure a little bit get, let's get a little bit personal and kind of work up to what you're doing now and how you got into that yeah 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 for sure no i like that approach because uh you know people can always learn the biographical details i think uh when i was thinking about like getting personal and all that it's like wh- what's the motivation behind what i do and you know one part of it is curiosity i think uh for better or worse i've always been a curious person i've always kind of like i was that annoying person always asking why you know why do we do things this way and that's kind of carried me through you know, my, my career over the past 10 years as an author, like I've spent most of that time annoying my publisher, like, hey, why do we do this this way? Can we do it this way? Can we change this up or whatever? Um, so there's curiosity, but then also like a lot of it came from discontent as well. And just like not being satisfied either with myself or with some situation in life. And that can go all the way back to like high school years when I dropped out of high school and I was a juvenile delinquent. Uh, then my early twenties kind of had this, you know, a moment that I need to be doing something more for others like I'm really kind of focused on myself and like I want to be an entrepreneur that's great but how am I actually changing the world and so I spent four years living overseas in West Africa and then you know after that I had this travel quest to go to every country in the world also inspired by curiosity and discontent and uh, you know been been doing I did that for 11 years and ended it three years ago and I you know achieved that goal finally but even now it's kind of like I don't want to be satisfied. I don't want to be content with something. I feel like there's always room. There's always room for improvement. There's always room to grow. And so the third thing is I'm motivated to grow and I'm motivated by challenging myself. Wow. Yeah, very impressive. And, you know, that's a fine line between being satisfied and discontent. And mm. I totally get that. I call it in, in my world, I call it constantly improving your foxhole. It can never be good. That's enough. good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think discontent can be a positive thing. You know, discontent is not necessarily something you always have to resolve. You know, I think discontent, like if you're running a marathon, you're pretty discontented at mile 22, probably, you know, unless you do it all the time. But you're going to keep going, right? Because you believe in the mission. You believe in the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And it's been a while since I read your um, $100 startup and really started kind of looking into what it is that you were doing. But you've traveled to every country in the world. Is that not correct? That is correct. That is amazing. And there was one country you had to go back to because I guess they uh-huh. had just created it. <laughs> so yeah, there was a couple. That? I had a few, few different things. Exactly. There were a few different things like that that happened along the way. And that one in particular was uh, South Sudan, which is the world's newest country. 
uh, newest being relative. I mean, like there's only a new country that the UN actually recognizes, you know, every 10 to 15 years or so. But I started, the, go the, the goal was 192 countries. That was the number of UN member states. Now it is 193. And so I had been to Sudan, but then South Sudan like gained its independence. And so, yes, I, I did go back and get that one. That is, that is simply amazing. I've been to 23 countries on five continents. And that's, that's you know, thanks to my military service and some other travels that I've done on the side. But how did you end up on that road? Did you just one day decide I'm going to go to all these countries? How did that all start out? Yeah, well, it, it was kind of like that. But I think it's important to note, like it wasn't like I had been on country number three and then decided that, you know, like I, I had been traveling for a while and I, I love to travel. And then when I lived in West Africa, I was specifically living on a hospital ship that was docked mostly in Sierra Leone and Liberia. And I did a lot of travel in that region, West Africa. And uh, from there, I kind of kind of just got to really enjoy the the process, the challenge, the discovery, the like overcoming small obstacles, you know, component of that. And so I was always very goal oriented also. So I was always the kind of person that was like making lists and like, here's my here's my to do list for today. And here are the things that I want to accomplish this year. And here's how hopefully the things I do today are going to relate to the things I want to accomplish over the the next year or whatever. So at a certain point, I was writing down a list of all the places I'd been. And I forget how many countries it was at that point, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe 23, maybe about 30 or so. And I, then I set the goal of going to 100 countries. And I was like, yeah, I think I want this to be a long term goal, like go to 100 countries, you know, sometime before I die. And so kept traveling, then, you know, I spent more time in Europe, spent more time in Asia, and got to maybe about 70 countries or so. And that, I kind of realized, like, this is not a, a tremendously challenging goal, going to about half the countries in the world, because you can pick and choose. You know, like if you get stuck somewhere, if you can't get a visa somewhere, or if you just want to go to certain countries that are nice or whatever, you can just do that. And so that's when I kind of slowly began to get this idea, okay, what if I actually go to every country, like no exceptions? And it took me a while to accept that. Like I thought of that idea, and I sat on it for a while, and it just kind of kept coming back to me. And so finally it reached this point where it was like I can either – I can either accept this and go go for it, or I can reject it and kind of deny it. But if I do that, like I'm sure I'll be fine. I can still have a good life, but I think there's part of me that will always regret it. Mm. And so it was th that was that kind of moment that it was like going to have to push forward, going to have to try, uh, and we'll see what happens. But at least I'm gonna at least I'm gonna make the attempt. That was that discontent part coming in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so exactly. along the way, you were blogging as well. And how are you? Where was income coming in from? Where were? You, how were you making all that work? Yeah. So the the, the first half of the project was completely non-commercial. I started the blog, uh, you know, right around country a hundred, I think, or somewhere in, somewhere in there. Maybe it was between seventy and a hundred. It's been a while now, but. Um, the the income component, like I had been an entrepreneur, uh, you know, for about eight years at that point, like since I was 19, I'd always worked for myself. And when I say entrepreneur, that sounds kind of lofty. Uh, I wasn't like, you know, starting a big business. I didn't have employees. I, I was kind of side hustling, essentially. Like I had a series of side hustles and I had sold things on eBay and I learned to do business consulting and I learned to do uh, affiliate marketing or SEO and building websites and all these kind of minor skills, which you know, don't amount to much like kind of on their own, but, but together I was able to kind of craft this, this little career that allowed me to travel and allowed me to volunteer. And, you know, I wasn't making a huge amount of money, but it's kind of like what you said, like, you know, you have the ability to live in Hawaii on the beach. Uh, I had the ability to be debt free and travel. And that was, that was important to me. So I did that. And then eventually at a certain point, um, the, you know, these careers kind of merged and I started the blog, the art of nonconformity 
and uh, eventually wrote a book out of that. And I, I did start creating some products and services, um, but that was all very organic. That was a very like, it wasn't a strategic goal of like, I'm going to start this blog and make money. Uh, they kind of, you know, kind of came up together as, as I went along. Yeah, and you were kind of sharing some of your travel secrets along the way as well. That's what I really... It's funny because as I think back, when I was first really introduced to you, at the time, I was talking a lot to people about just that. Many people were saying, I wish I could travel and make an income at the same time. And I was like, well, hell, I know you can because I personally Mm -hmm. know people who are doing that. And then you came along and that's exactly what you were doing. And then along the way, you were actually sharing your secrets on how to maximize your frequent flyer miles, what times to buy tickets, where to buy tickets, all this type of stuff. And I was super intrigued with that. Yeah, well, you know what I think is interesting is like uh, sharing the practical tips. Like that is what I do. The how-to is good, but I think you know to your to your first point, it's just as powerful to kind of show people examples and models of other people who've done that. You know, in their own way. And so when somebody says, "Oh, I could never," you know, "I could never travel. I could never afford to to go to whatever part of the world they want to go to." It's it's actually really good to be able to say, "Oh, actually, I think you can," or at least like look at these people. Like they were able to do it. And if you don't like that person or if you think that person had some advantage that you don't have well here's another person you know and so you're kind of just showing people by way of example that those obstacles that maybe you perceived are just kind of perceived obstacles and then of course you can learn how to do it like you learn the practical and the logistics but i think it's just as important to kind of counter that that belief that you know this this lifestyle or whatever it is is not accessible to me yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get into more of that here in just a minute because we're going to talk about some of the stories that you share on your podcast every day, which is simply amazing every time I hear one of them. It blows my mind. One of my favorite things to do is to pay attention and listen to how people make an income and how people, little vocations, little side hustles on the side is so interesting. But before we do that, Chris, I would really like for you to share one of your kick in the gut moments. And this is kind of where so many people along the way, especially somebody who's traveled to every single country in the world, um, you've got to have at least one kicking in the gut moment. But my intuition mm-hmm. is you've got several. But share yeah. one of those with us that, um, <laughs> they, and really make us feel that. Yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, I, I feel like I live my life by a series of these kind of moments. Like I love your terminology for for this kind of stuff. It's it's really smart. And I, I guess for me, I feel like if I'm not having these moments on a semi regular basis, like then something's wrong. Like I'm kind of getting too ordinary. So kick in the gut moment. Um, I'll do I'll do two and, and one I already kind of alluded to. Uh, and that's like the moment of when I was in my early 20s and just trying to figure out what do I do with my life. And I was playing music and I had like a little business that I ran on the side uh, and, you know, life was was fine. Um, but then like I, I kind of just just kept feeling dissatisfied, discontented, maybe a little bit like mildly depressed. And uh, I read the story of uh, a surgeon from California who had moved to West Africa and had actually spent like 20 years, like the best part of his career, essentially working for free, like treating illnesses and conditions that were not otherwise treatable there. And I was like, man, like this is like this is inspiring. Like here I am just kind of like living the dream. Somebody who had like a lot more resources than I did kind of turned his back on all that and went to do something that was ultimately more meaningful. And so that that's kind of what led me to say, well, I want to do that too in my own way. Like I'm not a surgeon and I'm probably not going to be able to do 20 years, but you know, what can I do? And honestly, that was probably the best decision I ever made career wise, even though it had no connection to like the career I have now, like it really was the best thing because it opened my, my eyes to so many things and just giving me experience, giving me knowledge, um, you know, being able to, you know, be in those places and kind of grow up 
you know, in some ways uh, in my early 20s. Like that was just, that was, I'm so glad that I said yes to that. So people sometimes have talked about that in different like conversations about, oh, that was really, really good that you did that. Like you gave a lot. And I always feel a little bit uncomfortable with that because like, I hope that I gave something, you know, I hope that I contributed to something meaningful, but I also know that I benefited from it as well. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of a, a serious one. And not to say it's not serious, but to get on the side hustle thing, uh, last year I was doing this tour for my previous book, Born for This, and I did about 30 cities. Everywhere I went, I'd give like a little stump speech for like half an hour. I talked about side hustle for maybe two months of that stump speech, and that book that had 13 side hustles. And I noticed that people respond to that more than anything else by far. And uh, I had questions after the time, like half the questions are about and it was funny because I even went to corporations and, and gave talks and they're always really weird with me because they're like, you know, please don't tell our employees to quit their jobs. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to say that, you know, don't worry. <laughs> so I would, I would kind of like soften the whole like side hustle message, you know, if I was speaking to a corporation. But nevertheless, like literally every single time afterwards, like all the questions, you know, would always be about side hustles. And so I thought like, you know, this is like, I don't know, divine inspiration or like the universe saying like, I really, really need to focus on, on this. Like this needs to be my thing because I'm doing like lots of things in different directions. And I, I like that. That's part of my nature. But um, I feel like I need to devote, you know, at least a year, if not more, to really kind of, you know, delving into this concept and supporting people in it. And so that's what led to the daily podcast and the book that's coming out and all the other stuff. Yeah, I completely get that from a personal perspective and where I'm going with this because I've been thinking about later in the future when I start talking about this and where I've been and the audiences that I would talk about because it's the abundance mindset that really sets people free to realize they truly can do whatever it is that they want to do as long as they get the right education, get the right coaches, mentors, and stuff like that, you know, keeping it in perspective. Um, and what audiences would, you know, like corporations and whatnot are going to want you to come in and say, hey, you know, you don't need this job. <laughs> but you do. Right. You do need the job, as, right, we alluded, right. as we talked about earlier. Right, job, right. Not everybody wants to go on and be an entrepreneur. A yep. lot of people want to do what they do in their job, but they also realize that they want a little bit more and they want to provide more yep. value in their community and their marketplace. And let's face it, what's wrong with getting paid for that, you know? Yeah, you know, that's great. And I think forward-looking companies, like there are good companies that kind of recognize that and are not threatened by it. And like what I always what I always say is, you know, if you're an employer, don't you want your employees to come to work because they're excited to be there and like they want to be there. They're making a choice to be there. Like obviously they, they need a paycheck, of course, but there's more to it, you know. Like if your employees, you know, suddenly didn't get a paycheck or they didn't need a paycheck, like their their needs were provided for in some other way, you know, but they still actually wanted to come. Like that, to me, is the ideal situation. So nobody needs to be threatened, you know, by this concept. You know, the only reason to be threatened is if you if you're not, you know, serving your employees well. Like if you're providing a toxic environment and not, you know, not supporting people in their dreams or you know, not giving them good benefits or whatever. Like that, that's when you should be afraid. Yeah, that's a very good point. And then, you know, I think of certain vocations like teachers who are seasonal, mm -hmm. plus they don't get paid very yep. much. So it's nice to have that yep. extra income to do what they do. Firefighters, yep. they work like yep. 48 hours on and 48 hours off. What are they doing mm -hmm. that other 48 hours? I know a guy in Phoenix who, 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 mm -hmm. who installs pools on his time off. He has a little company, yeah, he does, you know, yeah, he's got a little thing going on. He's a real estate agent as well. He just recently sold a house, which is really that's cool. Great. So, yeah. He's got know, fire, and, fire and water both going on. So his next <laughs> exactly. thing will be like ice storm or something. I know. didn't even think about um, that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the ice storm in Phoenix, though. but That's true. That's true. I have a lot of folks in the community who are teachers, uh, you know, precisely for that, that reason. And 
um, I mean, it's it's perfect with the seasonality, and I think also teachers and and firefighters, anybody who goes into those kind of careers, they have a, they have a certain skill set, and the, the skill set is not only like what they're actually doing in terms of like fighting the fire or teaching in the classroom, but there's usually like all these like supplemental skills that people acquire as part of that stuff. So you know, teachers are good at like, communication and discipline and you know, planning and all that kind of stuff. And firefighters are, are just kind of calm in the moment. They're able to like triage and think through, okay, what are the steps? Like I've got to do six things here. What is most important? So all these are like valuable skills in, in entrepreneurship. Yeah, definitely. And I've found that personally the same thing. Teachers definitely do well in some sort of additional uh, side hustle business, especially if it has something to do with teaching or some sort of instruction. Really cool. And then they just have the right mindset. When they're not stressed about income, how they're going to put food on the table at home, they can do their job so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Chris, we're at the point actually where we're going to share a few uh, good news stories. And you share so many amazing stories on your podcast at Side Hustle School. I really dig it. But what I would like for you to do in sharing a couple of those good news stories is also share some of the stories of vocations or, or side hustles that you just found to be completely and completely unique to the situation. <laughs> yeah, okay. Great. We can do a lot with that too. Um, you know, I, I think as you mentioned on the show, I, I try to be pretty intentional about focusing on stuff that people haven't heard of or just sounds kind of, you know, wacky or zany. Um, not for the purpose of being wacky or zany, but just showing people there's so many different ways that you can make money. And it's it's not only through, you know, creating a website or becoming a coach or consultant. Like that stuff is fine, but there's there's so much you can do. So uh, I don't know. Let's see. Good news stories. Um, there's a guy in South Carolina who uh, walked into an upscale men's store and he saw a candle for sale for $80. And he was like, $80 for a candle. You know, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. But then his second thought was like, how can I do that? Like, how can I learn to make, you know, candles and, and sell them for a lot of money? Because apparently there's some market for it. So, uh, you know, he, he used this, like, tried and true method that our ancestors did. He went on YouTube and Googled, you know, how to make candles, right? And it takes, mm -hmm. like, a few months. But, like, he does this on his, he just kind of figures it out and, like, creates a brand, does, does, does some really nice job with the packaging. And then while he's figuring that out, simultaneously he's figuring out how to sell on Amazon, which anybody can do. You know, you can actually reach Amazon's, you know, 200 million customer base. If you have a product of your own, like they have a very easy program that you can kind of get in. And obviously it takes some work to optimize and actually reach people. But he figured that out. So, uh, you know, within, within I think about six months, he's doing like $1,000 a month in income just, for, just from the Amazon, um, apart from something else. And his goal is to get that to like, you know, five to $10,000 a month. So, you know, like this, this is a side hustle, of course, but it's, it's very substantial like it's like and he just he didn't have like the candle making skill like this is what I always try to highlight he was just curious like I said in the beginning and he was willing to kind of experiment and you know he found that so that's one thing um, the story that I actually begin the side hustle book with um, and I began the side hustle school podcast on January 1 with is about this guy who blogs about fish tanks and he created this blog of fish tank reviews because he was like a fish enthusiast and lots of other people need to buy a fish tank. And so if you're going to do that, what do you do? Like you go online, you type in fish tank reviews. Now, this is a very, very uncompetitive niche. You know, like not a lot of people are thinking like I'm going to compete in the fish tank space. And so he had these links uh, to an affiliate program, gets paid when people click through. He set this website up like three years ago and he set it up in a weekend you know, it's, there's not much to it. It looks really simple. And he's still earning to this day like $700 a month from that website, you know, despite not spending any time on it at all. It's completely passive. And so I like that story because it shows like, well, 
you know, if you can find the right topic, if you can can do something with it um, that's a little bit creative, then maybe you can have this too. And he's not going to be able to live off that money, but it's like seven hundred dollars a month that he does nothing for. It's it's fantastic. So that's what I. Those are the kind of stuff that I, I try to highlight on the show, and I, I I see all those things as as good news. It is absolutely. I mean, that's a car note and plus. You know, or you know, a, a, yeah, exactly. A tuition fee, you know, mm-hmm. is, yep. that's that's seven hundred dollars changes somebody's life, possibly changes their their zip code. You know? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. You know, he says it's, he's he's been able to take you know two extra vacations a year with his wife, or you know stuff like that. So I always try to focus on as well, like what does that money allow you to do? Uh, because just like you said, like there has to be a connection between like the money and the freedom or the opportunity or the option or whatever. And so it's really great when you can say like, oh yeah, I'm paying off my car you know, with the income that I made. I'm a teacher during the year, but, you know, this summer I set up this little project and now throughout the rest of the year my car is paid off because of this thing I did in the summer. So that's that's nice. Yeah, amazing. And, man, there are many, many more stories like that uh, at Side Hustle School. Just check out the podcast on whatever podcast player that you use. Go check it out. I'm going to have the link to all of everything that links to Chris in the show notes. So don't worry about writing any of that down. It'll all be there for you. So, Chris, we're at the point of the show where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, brother? I'm so ready. Hey, guys, if I've been at all successful in convincing you that you need some sort of a side hustle, you're out looking right now for some way to build a side hustle or build upon an idea that you already have and you're trying to learn things like building a website what website should I use what provider should I use what kind of marketing should I do online marketing social media marketing should I look at these new bots these Facebook bots how do I create an email list what autoresponder do I use I mean I can go on and on with all of the different intricate parts of starting a business whether it's online offline brick and mortar out of your home whatever it is you name it you don't have to look any further you can get it all in one place in a membership site called freedom f-r-e-e-d-y-m and I'm a member of freedom I'm always in there. I'm always learning new things. They're consistently adding new video tutorials, which is the way that I like to learn. I like to watch the video, pause it, then go implement it, then start it again and continue on from there. And you can go back all the time, anytime that you want, and watch these videos. Freedom is dubbed the Netflix for entrepreneurs because there are so many videos in there from all kinds of different people, not the same person. That's the cool thing about it. Yes, Ryan Lee is the creator of Freedom, and you'll hear him a lot, but he also brings on other experts that are experts in their fields, people that he learns from, and he shares that information with all the members within Freedom. Now, you can get access to Freedom by going to menofabundance.com, click on the resources tab, and scroll down and you'll see the Freedom logo. Now, if you are looking to get started with Freedom, I am asking you to use that link because it is linked back to me. Because since becoming a member and absolutely loving everything in there, I became an advocate and then I found out I could become an affiliate. What that means is for everybody that signs up from that link, Men of Abundance gets a kickback. And I say Men of Abundance because that's going back into keeping the mic on. And as I start generating more income through Men of Abundance, a portion of the income is going to various charities that I'm aligned with. So not only are you going to get the best training that you're going to find online to start any type of online business or brick and mortar business, you're also going to be helping me keep the mic on 
and helping a charity. How awesome is that? Paying it forward multiplied. Now go take a look at what freedom can do for you at menofabundance.com forward slash resources or just click on the resources tab at menofabundance.com. Now let's get back to the conversation. Awesome. So uh-huh. share with Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Mm, okay. One to three, act- three actionable steps. Um, let's focus on some of what we had in this conversation. I would say, you know, first of all, ask why. You know, be that person like throughout the day. And you don't have to be annoying to other people just for yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Okay, why, why am I going to work at this time? Why am I working on this project? Doesn't mean you have to stop all that stuff. But you just kind of understand, like, what is the motivation? I think just by asking yourself that, that may kind of lead you to some next steps. Um, then maybe one more question at the end of the day. Uh, ask yourself, did today matter? And, you know, when you ask yourself that question, I think everybody's going to know the answer, like, on their own individual analysis. And, you know, if you look back and you're like, yeah, today mattered, then that's great. You want to have more days like that. If you actually look back and say, you know what, uh, the day wasn't terrible or anything, but I'm not really sure what I got accomplished, or I spent some time in meetings, or I did a bunch of emails, like, you know, then you kind of see what you can do to change that behavior going forward so that every day you are like, yes, you know, today was purposeful. Um, Even if nothing amazing happened, like I still made progress toward my goals. And uh, number three, I would say we touched on very briefly about discontent. I would say that discontent is your friend. And discontent is not something you have to run from. Discontent is something to embrace because it can lead you to all kinds of, not just fun things, but like very meaningful life changes and stuff that might even seem difficult uh, or challenging, but in the end, it's going to be good for you. So embrace that discontent. Wonderful. I dig it. What daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life, Chris? Hmm. Uh, I try to be focused on outcomes. I try to be focused on like, you know, part of the reason why I have the podcast every day is it's like I like the daily accountability uh, and the accountability is mostly to myself. Like I said, I'm going to do it, so I'm going to do it. So that's my habit. Um, I try to take advantage of small pockets of time. I try to like, you know, it's not like I always want to be working, but I never want to be in a situation where like, you know, like this phrase about like killing time people use. I hate that phrase. You know, it's just like, oh, I've got an hour to, you know, before I do this, let me just kind of kill. I just hate that. Like, there's got to be something you can do with that hour. And if you intentionally make the choice to, like, you know, watch TV or whatever it is, that's great. Like, that's fine. But I just don't want to do things like that by default. Like, I want my default to always be like, oh, I'm going to be writing something. Oh, I'm going to be, like, catching up with a friend. Oh, I'm going to be, like, making progress towards some other goal. Absolutely. You should never be killing time. What you should be doing while you're on some downtime is either listening to Men of Abundance or listening to there you Side go. Hustle School. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Be sure you download the whole archives of both of those. Absolutely. And on that note, I do want to mention that, guys, if you have not listened to Side Hustle School, what I dig about it is Chris narrates the whole thing. It's not an interview type of show. He sits and shares the story uh, of, of, the, um, of the side hustles, and it's really cool the way that he does it. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. What are you reading or listening to right now that you would recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, let's see. I Right now I am reading a biography of David Letterman, and I think it's just called Letterman, um, like the king of late night or the last king of something like that. And actually, uh, you might know Andrew Warner from Mixergy. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy who also has a great podcast. He actually recommended that to me last week, and so I started reading it. Um, and it's really fascinating. It goes into like this psychology of like 
you know, why David Letterman was who he was, and he became really competitive, and he did win at a lot of things, but he was also kind of depressed, and so it's, it's just interesting to do that. So um, interesting to kind of like understand what motivates somebody who's been very successful and what you can learn from their successes and from their mistakes. I'm interested. I'm going to have to look that up because my wife actually attended one of his shows, actually the mm. one that Robin Williams was on uh, shortly before oh, wow. his, his untimely wow. death. And um, wow. she had some interesting things to share about her experience in the, in the audience. So uh, that may be for another conversation. But it, it talks about what you were just talking about with his um, personality. Mm. Right, right. So, Chris, what do you feel holds most people back from living a true life of abundance? Mm. Uh, I can only speak for myself on that. I think for me what, what has held me back before um, and maybe, maybe in some ways still holds me back is um, – uh, maybe just like some kind of fear or, or insecurity or like unwillingness to let go, unwillingness to like truly like, you know, release the safety harness and like, okay, I've come this far, but like the, the real destination is further ahead. So, you know, I can't put that on anybody else, but for me, I think that's, that's been the thing. Wonderful. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Uh, gratitude, just where you started in the beginning, like realizing like, you know, collectively as a society like anybody listening to this like we're living in a pretty amazing time and have access to resources and community and connection that nobody's ever had before and also if you're listening to this you're probably in a pretty privileged part of the world and that's great and so then that's collectively and then me personally i just feel like i can't believe i get to do this every day like i cannot believe like i get to write and podcast and go on book tour and it just it's just amazing like the other thing that frustrates me is like authors who complain about book tour like oh it's a book it's just so hard and I'm like it's not hard it's amazing like every night I get to go and meet people who read the books like it's just awesome you know so I'm I'm grateful for all that anybody who complains about the life that they created is just <laughs> exactly wrong. right it just doesn't right. make sense at all right? exactly but a lot of people do right yeah you know, that's what's they so do funny. It's a lot of people do I know I hear I, I hear it too it's just it drives me nuts but um and mm-hmm. I'll let them go do their thing so Chris we're going to close this up brother I truly appreciate your time what did we not talk about today that you'd like to ensure that our abundant leaders get from our conversation and you asked pretty smart questions so this was good I, I, I don't have anything to to add and I hope I contributed something of value to everybody who's taken the time to listen to this and and I, I wish you much success in all your abundance well, you certainly provided a lot of value to me personally, and um, I'm going to guess strongly that you did for everybody else listening as well. So, again, I appreciate you, man, and uh, have a good time in your upcoming travels in the next couple of weeks. I look forward to uh, catching you on the interwebs and Twitter and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks again. Aloha. All right, guys, that pretty much wraps up Side Hustle Week. I don't want it to stop there for you. I want you guys to take action. Get into this information. Go back and listen to it a couple more times. Get in onto those websites and those resources that I talked about throughout the show. Get into freedom.com. Go to the link in the show notes to make sure that you get access. And by using that link, as I mentioned before, you're going to be helping out Men of Abundance as well. But here's something that I want to talk about that I referenced earlier in this episode and that is the slow hustle now I was talking online I have a lot of conversations with a lot of different entrepreneurs people of all all different types of vocations many different income levels and there's a thought process out there that you have to hustle and there was a comment in one of the groups where one of the guys said I'm convinced that if you work 12 to 15 hours a day for five years you will be financially free and while that may be true What will also be true 
and proven in history and proven in many, many other situations like this is you will also be divorced if you're married. You will have no relationship with your kids and your health will be greatly affected by working like that for five years. I know people that have worked like that for five to 20 years and are not financially free. It's more about what work you're doing, how much time off you're getting, where you're putting your energy. Are you putting your energy into your work? Are you constantly putting your energy into income producing activities, which is cool, but you have to have that counterbalance. You can't constantly be trying to make an income and improve your business and improve your income and neglecting your family. You got to decide what's important to you. And if your family is at all important to you, then you do not want to work 12 to 15 hour days for a year, let alone five years. That'll kill you. That'll kill your relationships. It's just not healthy. Anyway, that's not the way I want to run my life, as you all know. I'm more into the slow hustle idea. Yeah, this is a slow process. I'm slowly building men of abundance. I've quickly built other businesses and, and started making money right away. But I'm telling you right now, it you're going to neglect other parts of your life and it's going to bite you in the butt and it's not going to be fun. So just decide what it is that you want to do. Find a way to get it done and do not try to do it on your own. Find a mentor, find a coach, find somebody who will, who is where you want to be or on their way to where you want to be and either hire them, befriend them, figure out something to do for them so that they can share with you some of those failure points that you may be able to avoid. You're not going to be able to avoid all failure, but you're going to be able to avoid the ones that they failed at. Okay. And like I said, reach out to the people that are doing what you want to do. Believe it or not, contrary to popular belief, people that are successful want to help other people be successful. Just reach out to them, figure out a way to provide value to them and they will provide value back. Now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay for it. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.